When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a really good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to review, well, arguably the biggest SmackDown of the year. Very eventful show, world title matches, Money in the Bank qualifiers. And let's just start with that bizarre opening and the return of Mr. McMahon. Yeah, normally, like these reviews, we always start, you come to me or Cedric or both of us for little summaries. Is it easier just to get into this one? You know, like, just to sort of... Cause There's a lot did. of anticipation, it's fair to say. Yeah, they did. They knew what whatever this audience is going to be was tuning in for. Um, aye. I'll let you recap it, and then I guess we'll share our thoughts on it. Yes. Well, first of all, before we do this, what sort of number do you reckon this show is going to do? Two and a half million? Huge. Two and a half million. Like, we were talking in the office about this this morning. Sidge was the one to point out that the payoff to Sasha Banks versus Bailey in 2020... 2.5 million, I think it was. Really? Um, which I'm sure to this day must be their highest. I'm just be, I'm guessing that. Somebody will correct me if they know. Not including the big opening with The Rock and what have you. I know, I'm saying like since then. Yeah. I don't imagine that I've touched 2.5 million since that would have been November 2020. So I'll be amazed if they've hit 2.5 million since. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was the one. I'd like they, they had Beforehand, they had a match that people definitely wanted. But if you're going to find extra hundreds of thousands of people, this is how you were going to do it. Basically... Um, I will say this now because this won't be part of the review. It won't form part of the review. Before SmackDown, which I watched some of live on Friday night, crazy, like, 1 a.m. UK time. <laughs> at 10 p.m. UK time, which I guess would have been, what, like, early evening, mm-hmm. America time? Um, this Vincent Mann story was on CNN. Dave Meltz featured, they did a report on it. It wasn't, it wasn't the best piece of work, to be truthful. Wrestling always, as usual, being glad-handed as this yeah. silly little distraction. McMahon has gone from being on the ropes in the ring to on the ropes backstage with the board. But, you know, they just don't <laughs> yeah. take it seriously. They should do this as a, like, a corporate, um, uh, you know, misconduct allegation investigation by a board of directors with millions of dollars at stake and all the rest of it. 
huge like corporate deck chair rearrangement, and yet because it's pro wrestling, it's treated as this carny sideshow thing. They're going to be moving moving chairs and maybe breaking a few over each other's backs. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, and then there was a little bit at the end of the report saying uh, Vince McMahon, in the meantime, will appear on uh, his own edition of SmackDown later on tonight on Fox. And it cut to Jake Tapper, I believe the CNN reporter was, who just simply went, oh, of course he will, and then moved on to what they probably deemed real news, <laughs> yes. basically. So that in itself, I mean, I watched, mm. but that in itself might have caught the eye of some, you know, we laugh about, like, casual fans. They would be the very definition of casual fans, like somebody watching CNN and then sees, like, hang on, this guy that is un- now in under investigation from his own board will appear on the TV show that he funds and operates and mm. is in charge of. Like, maybe that might have generated, like, that might have, it might have been so successful in generating buzz that the news media picked up on it and then would have served as an advertisement for the SmackDown as well. I also like the idea, and this is not me casting any political aspersions, mm. I like the idea of CNN going, of course he does. Anyway, back to the real news. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Rudy Giuliani have said that Hugo Chavez is yeah. still responsible for the uh, election. Yeah, this is the thing, like, the, wrestling has got away with this for decades. Decades and decades of decades of being able to exist in the grey area between, like, fact and fiction. And this, unfortunately, was more in line with that reporting of 20, 30 years ago. Like, they'll always start with, it's the strangest thing. Like, I will, if I live... To 100, and I probably won't. Mm. I'm not Vince or his mother. Like, if I live. You get on that Gunther regime. <laughs> that's it, yeah. If I live to 100, like, I still don't think I'll stop seeing stories about something real that's happened in wrestling where they have to start the report with uh, the action in the ring may be fake, but there's nothing fake Ugh. about what's going on behind the scenes. Like, that is everything from the sex scandals in the early 90s, the steroid trial, the. Like, Benoit, tra- family tragedy, double murder, suicide. This, like, significant millions of dollars changing hands, uh, investigation, corporate malpractice, all that sort of stuff. You know, allegedly, there, there's that word again. Like, and yet, it has to start with, like, a clip of a body slam. <laughs> yes. As if that is remotely related at this point. Like, Vincent Mann, I've said this before, gets to have his cake, eat his cake, fart on his cake, shit on his cake... <laughs> And then serve it to his audience of two dollars a slice. <laughs> it, it it never ends. It never ends. Also, saw a great YouTube short, completely off topic, from Chris Van Vliet a while back, where someone's like, "You know, wrestling's fake, right?" And I was like, "Are we doing this again? Are we?" Mm. And he's just like, "What's your favorite TV show?" And he's like, "Well, that's fake too." Yeah. And the bloke's like, "No, no, no, but this is different fake." And he's like, "No, it's not. <laughs> it's exactly the same." Like, if anything, wrestling's better. I just. I'm going to cast an aspersion on like one of my very favourite shows here, and nothing ever happened or was ever reported or anything. So it's I worry about where this analogy is going before I even said it. Right? Hypothetically, hypothetically, right? Let's just say that there was um, an incident that required internal investigation amongst the actors of the NBC sitcom, wonderful show that it was, The Office, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the report starts with uh, Jim and Pam's romantic life, maybe the talk of the storylines in the situation comedy, The Office. But there's nothing funny about potential sexual assault claims between cast members, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We'd never start that way. No. Because you were trivializing something incredibly serious, right? There has never been any of that, right? We're mm-hmm. going to have to be tiptoeing over legal flatties as we do this podcast as it is. <laughs> but, like, imagine that. Imagine, how, and that would get shared, and that would be like, what a disgraceful way to trivialize something important, right? Again, I cannot be clear about this. There has been actual no, there has been no... Um, Sexual misconduct allegations here. Mm-hmm. These are like misuse of company finances. These are um, 
broader misconduct allegations. It's all alleged. They're all allegations. They're all under investigation. But they're a publicly traded company, and a publicly traded company is undergoing serious allegations. And either the real media just cannot pull themselves away from reminding you all that wrestling's fake, so does this even matter? And the rest of the media, you know, of which we are on the peripheries of, uh, either don't know how we slash they can report it while staying legally safe, or, and people listening to this might know who I'm talking about, and if not, they're not hard to find, simply will not touch it because of connections yeah. to WWE. And, ugh, let, let, recap what he said, mm. and then we'll wrap up this section, shall we, and talk about some wrestling. Michael Scott's in charge of uh, Dunder Mifflin. I'll turn it up. Michael Scott leaves. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> My summary of uh, the bright, office. Bright lights, Adam Wilbur. <laughs> We love Carl Anderson here. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, right. Oh, God, here we go. So the yeah. show opened. Vince McMahon's music hit. And I was fascinated. Like, you you know my love of watching SmackDown, Raw, AW, mm-hmm. anything on double speed. Because I got, I, got, I got stuff to do, man. I mean, it's, this is the, this, him walking out was the polar opposite of boo, 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 wasn't yeah. it? Like, I was like, you, what's going to happen here? Yeah. Is it going to be piped in? Is it going to be booze? Is it going to be cheers? It was kind of a mixture of all three mm-hmm. I got, mm-hmm. which was like... People are like, oh, it's Vince's theme. And I'm like, oh, why is his theme playing or Mr. McMahon's theme playing? And then yeah. also, let's just sweeten that up a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, he, people are, they do cut to people in the crowd singing, no chance in hell. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, have you not read the news or? Okay. Anyway, yeah. so Vince gets in the ring, gets a mic and says, it's a privilege to be here, privilege to stand in front of the WWE Universe, especially in, checks back of guitar, <laughs> Minnesota. You yeah. can uh, that's where I'm from. Um, and then he mentioned the fact that the uh, WWE's shows have that signature. Then, now, forever, together. And he reimport, re, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Reinforced that message? Reinforced, yeah. thank you. Uh, I was going to say reissued. Oh, yeah. <laughs> re- reinforced the whole togetherness mm-hmm. of all this. And he threw the mic away, walked back out. It was... Akin, if you put all the allegations and stuff to the time when they were like, Mr. McMahon's going to be on the SmackDown with crowds now. And you're like, oh, my God. Mm. Like, we all sat there on Friday afternoon speculating. Is he going to fire himself? Is Steph going to interrupt? Is he going to, you know, do the complete opposite and do the creative side of things and maybe talk about the main event or, you know, introduce someone who's his new favorite, you know, pet project or whatever. And in the end, he just said, hello. Like, yeah. the, the SmackDown, when we just had crowds, he just said, where the hell have you been? And he left, and even the announcers were like, huh? It's, it was surreal, this. <laughs> surreal is the word we'll put on. To be honest, other than surreal, I probably can't quite compose my thoughts on this just yet. Anyway, coming soon to What Culture, we've got an interview with Otis. <laughs> uh, and if you uh, want to watch Money in the Bank next weekend, uh, put a uh, hashtag What Culture in when you subscribe to the WWE Network for a 10% discount. I just, other than surreal, I've f***ed them, right? Absolutely f***ed them. You know yeah, who you say, are. Just to clarify, that's not our actual thoughts. It's absolutely not our thoughts. We haven't got an interview with Otis. We haven't got a network discount, right? If you follow accounts on social media, or if you trust these people, remember this weekend. Remember this weekend, because this was a big test for a lot of people. And in my opinion, 
and these do not reflect the views of whatculture.com. We normally say that around such funny, oh, jovial yeah. circles. These do not reflect the views of whatculture.com. These are only mine. And brilliantly, Phil Chambers, who skewered, oh. skewered uh, this whole situation on Twitter over the weekend. Brilliantly, follow like, at Phil My Chambers for more on that. This, right, I'll say it. Once I've got all my crying and laughing done out of the way, which is apparently what a lot of people were doing. Also, uh, with, I a, didn't, with a sideways face. Eh, I didn't like, tweet because I was away all weekend. That wasn't yeah. just me being complicit in the silence. Absolutely not. You were on a we were on a campsite. If you listen to the SmackDown preview, you'll get all our takes on camping, your camping trip, and indeed putting a roof on it. Granted, uh, back I, on that preview. And I also, uh, when I got back, I just tweeted uh, about Vincels. So yeah, well, yeah, you go like. I would say listen to that preview, but it couldn't be more redundant because all of this news broke pretty much the second we finished recording, and didn't we it? we still get to play the Max Dupree game next week, maybe. We do, we <laughs> do. This was spineless, tone-deaf garbage from a repulsive, pathetic billionaire looking to take advantage of a dangerous parasocial relationship he's formed with the worst corners of his fan base and apparently the worst corners of the people that like access to the company as well. This being nothing made it the worst kind of something, you know? Yes, like. Yeah. It was, it was a thing that happened, which was intentionally vague, to try and disarm anybody from saying anything, right? Which was which is pretty awful. But not just that. If you look at the some of the details of the investigation, all allegedly, all allegations. We are not saying anything other than reporting the uh-huh. exact same facts that, by the way, the Wall Street Journal reported. Yeah. Just a flashback to Friday. Bunch of people, bunch of outlets, getting very excited to report that uh, Vince McMahon has stepped down as CEO, despite the fact that he's remained all his creative duties. He was literally on the show, right? Stepped down from CEO. Did they report the original Wall Street Journal article, or did they wait for the billionaire man's response to the Wall Street Journal Mm -hmm. article? Ask yourself that question as well. In that report from the Wall Street Journal, uh, there was discussion of the investigation into Vincent Mann, into John Laurinaitis, and into historic NDAs, Mm -hmm. right? Non-disclosure agreements. That again was brought along with a quote of millions of dollars, right? We don't know how that money was spent, if that money was spent, if any of this is true, allegations allegedly, and so on. What we do know is that these allegations have been born out of a friend emailing who is a friend of somebody alleging that all of this has gone on between Vincent Mann mm-hmm. and, and a claimant, right? And a, and a woman who has alleged this, and then then it's tied to historic NDAs. If you are that woman, if you are that woman's anonymous friend, or if you are the historic NDAs, how will you now feel when the man at the center of these allegations is able to use his platform to go out preaching a message of togetherness in front of an arena, many of which, as caught on camera, couldn't have been happier to see him out there preaching that message? How will that make you feel? Yeah. You know, over the last few years, through uh, Me Too, Time's Up, and speaking out directly related to wrestling, of all of the, because I'm not tying sexual assault claims to what Vincent Mann is currently, the investigation. I'm not doing that, right? He is not, there is no harassment, there is no sexual assault. This is uh, misconduct, mm-hmm. right? Misappropriation. Misappropriation of, company, of funds, funds etc. Yeah. But what is at the root of that? There's power dynamics, isn't there? Vince McMahon, regardless, like the quote was passed like a toy mm-hmm. for John Laurinaitis, right? Two people in a huge position of power are under investigation for these specific claims, right? What else have we learned about like all of these stories breaking and all these terrible situations often them occurring in the workplace is that it's about power, right? Is there a more obvious use of someone's power than being able to put yourself on television in a positive light, in a positive position, preaching a positive message? Like, like I'm asking you, is there a sort of a, no. a more dangerous use of power in a situation like this than being able to do something? Like, of course I was watching. 
like I'm I cover this for a living, but I'm also a wrestling fan. Yeah. I was as everybody was captivated by the news that broke on Friday, following the news that broke on Thursday or late Wednesday night, whenever it yeah. was. I just think it's like such a strange and dangerous precedent to set should like Stephanie McMahon and Vincent Mann in separate quotes both basically said they will cooperate fully with the yeah. investigation. The investigation which is being um, overseen by an outside party as well, which is there to air it some legitimacy because of I don't know how these things work and I'm not gonna pretend I'm a wrestling podcasting. I can't <laughs> wait I can't wait to talk about Max Dupree. Um but the outside forces are there to, I guess, um add a bit of credibility and ensure there's no bias or uh, however this works, right? The, People in that on that board are members of the family. It includes Stephanie, it includes Triple H. Nick Khan has got this senior role. There are other names of which we don't know. So I guess they're explaining that outsiders will be involved in order to make sure that they're uh, you know, what would it be in like a, in a jury? What's that phrase that I can't think of where like a juror's had like their biases informed and they're yes. to be taken off the jury? Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Conflict of interest. Oh, right. That's okay. what I'm thinking of. Like there's a, there's can be no conflict of interest because there's an outside force coming in to oversee it. Is it not a conflict of interest that Vincent Mann can put himself on his own wrestling show yeah. and paint the narrative one way rather than another? Like, is that not an enormous one? Mm. Will that not feed into the investigation? It's the same reason you don't let jurors watch the news when yeah. the trial they're covering. Exactly. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how any of this will play out, but surely this becomes part of the investigation. And if Just, it doesn't, does it not then support the arrogance that Vince McMahon had in the first place to put himself on television? As with everything, when it comes to Vince McMahon and WWE, I just thought it was completely tone deaf, like you say. It, yeah. was, it was one of those ones where it was a bit like a car crash in terms of I was like excited to see what was going to happen, but also disgusted with myself that I was excited. And then when it, after it had happened... I thought, oh, if I could go back in time and tell myself, just don't bother with all this, I would. Well, and it was, like, knowingly dull as well. The thing of a car crash and people rubberneck, it's human nature to see a car half, in, like, half, yeah. like, across the road or whatever and all the damage and you want to see that people are all right. But, like, that's why people stop and slow down and look because it's like, whoa, a car's on its side or whatever. Mm, yeah. This was like, this would be like somebody dinging your car when they get out too quick in a car park. In terms of, like, the actual car crash element of it. And they did, they, but it achieved what they set out to do in terms of people going, good old Vince. I know. And I was Listen. like, no. There he is, like, nudging him and that, like, the millions of dollars. Go back and read the story. Wait, yeah. Like, everything's alleged. Like, I am absolutely not, for a second, um, like, suggesting that Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis don't, like, shouldn't have the right to reply in the setting yes. that this is... Like, they're being investigated, right, by the board. So within the realms of that investigation, like, a story, like, a, a, a sequence of events mm -hmm. is going to be decided upon that determines people guilty or innocent of the charges being brought against them by this anonymous email that has triggered an investigation. That is the long and short of it. Should somebody have the right to try and get the jump on that on their television show or indeed speak at all on mm -hmm. their television show as a what a fictional version of the character my opinion on that would be no and yet yeah we got what we got some people's opinion would be that it's not an issue or yeah as you say what is he like i, ju I just think like none of this is good yeah I've none of it is good i've described it as bizarre incredibly distasteful is how i'd probably summarize and it. weird and yeah this was anything but like, this was anything but positive, and like, it, all around. It annoyed me because it muddied the waters of what was, I thought, a really good episode of SmackDown. Like, yeah. 
the, if you tuned in three minutes after SmackDown started, mm. you got what came next. I'm going to move on because I want to talk about the wrestling on this show. Yeah. And if you want to know more about everything we've discussed, as Hamlet has said, check out our YouTube channel. Check out whatculture.com. We'll keep you updated on all the developments with it. But yeah, we want to talk about SmackDown now. Um, and out came Riddle, a huge night for him. Mm-hmm. He's fighting for the world title for his friend. And if he loses, he can never challenge for the world title again. I think whilst Roman Reigns' champion was the stipulation. Yeah. Um, and I thought he cut a great promo as well. I think he's he's come on leaps and bounds ever since he was sort of aligned and not treated like a complete bell end with uh, Randy Orton. He gets a huge baby when he comes <laughs> out. Um, they had a big video package. Of course, they did love that. Um, and he said he's been waiting a long time for this opportunity. Uh, he knows all his friends, his family are watching, and his best bro, Randy Orton, is. And he gets a Randy Orton chant. Um, he says he, Randy's got this big operation coming up, uh, and everyone here is wishing him the best of luck. He uh, wishes him well in his recovery. Says everyone misses him. They want him back. He loves Randy. Uh, and he says he speaks for the entire WWE universe when he says, Thank you, Randy. Randy. Uh, and he gets a chant for that as well. Uh, but tonight is Riddle's title shot. He's dedicating the match to Randy. And he's going to use Randy Orton's music as well. And uh, yeah, he stands there. And then I hear voices, plays. I thought this was a great way to hype up a, a huge main event, which I called it on the preview. Got me. Before, not to jump ahead, but I 100% at one point in that match went, oh my God, Riddle's going to become world champion. Yeah, you know, there was a strange air to all of this, obviously, with what I had to follow. Um, like the the disconnect between what we'd watched and then some pro wrestling was so apparent and it hung hung heavy and diddy <laughs> of, of the, the whole promo. But um, when it sort of, by this point, I think, anyway, yeah, it must have done, news had... News was out there that Randy Orton was going to miss yeah. SummerSlam and beyond. And I don't know. I think it just added a bit more gravitas to Riddle's words, his chase, his empathy yeah. for Randy Orton. Um, I'm glad, in hindsight, that they didn't, they haven't split yet. Because what we've had is the extension of their friendship to the point where a lot of people don't necessarily even want the split or certainly wouldn't advocate no, for No, I wouldn't. So you know, I, I was sat here six months ago saying, well, just do the split and then do the big... No. Yeah, do the new day stuff with them. If they have to split, just put them on different brands. Yeah, they've actually you know, brands don't matter now, found themselves in a situation where you have the opportunity to have people stay in mates. And I just thought this was was really nicely tied into uh, the main event. And as you say, I think I think as well because the quality of the main event was so assured. Like you kind of knew that Riddle and Roman was going to be good. Um, mm. The Riddle talking with such passion about the match later on and like what he was going to do to try and win the belt. It's fairly easy to believe it. Mm. Like baby faces have this huge problem in WWE of like, well, I, what you're saying now is a out the mouth of a writer, B completely a condition of if like Vince changes his mind the day of the pay-per-view that you're going to win. So if a baby face says, I promise I'm going to beat heel a on Sunday, a, that promise is going to sound like a way that nobody would say it in real life because it's been over scripted mm-hmm. and Sunday at the pay-per-view. I promise. No, I guarantee that I'm going to eviscerate your very soul. Like, it was I just promised to kick someone's ass. Riddle's right. made. He's going to be world champion by, by the end of next year. I think this loss, this feud, like, the loss notwithstanding, has put him in that, like, elite crew yeah. of guys. If um, Money in the Bank wasn't so close and I didn't want Sami Zayn to win it, I'd say, give Riddle the briefcase. I wonder if... They might put him, give it him anyway. Well, do you know what? I wonder, had they not um, gone so hard with him for this TV match, if... 
they weren't going to just fall back and say, mm, "Do we need do we need him for a stadium after all?" Yeah, but because this was already done. They needed Plan B. <laughs> what does what does B stand for? <laughs> hey everyone, I've been on the go recently: Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Uh, can I shock you? Mm. I really like, again, what came next, despite the fact it was a preposterous last laugh match. Mm. And the reason why I liked it is because it suddenly made all, all the sense in the world. Mm. So they do a big recap of Maverick Moss. That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> Mad Cat Moss and, and Happy Corbin's feud. And as we said, you watched it and went, why is this still continuing? <laughs> and then they went, of course, uh, Minnesotan Mad Cat Moss. And I was like, there it is. There you go. Yeah. But a hometown win? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Uh, the uh, last laugh match is a match. Mm-hmm. There's no rules that but are it, different from a... But if you win, you get the last laugh. You get the so last unlike every other win... When Which you Moss, has had, Moss is beating Madcap... Uh, sorry, Moss is beating Corbin yeah. every it's like official time. It's kind it? of the last laugh, isn't it? Yeah. Is the last laugh not... Uh, putting the chair around somebody's throat. So basically, it was a, this is the real quiz, Matt. 100%, yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, I've seen him wrestle a lot. So in terms of like, oh, I really quite like this. I like what it achieved. I wasn't like, oh my God, on the edge of my <laughs> seats. I had very different emotions watching this match to say the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, Corbin is in control. Moss catches him with a boot to the face. Second, ro- second rope, second rope, shoulder block. Um <laughs> Corbin slows the place down with a chin lock. I could just copy paste that into every, you know, yeah. Corbin match. And that's not a dig on him. That's just what they did give to he Niels, by the way. his role, and they give him that role, and yeah. Yes. Uh, Moss fires back, a shoulder tackle in the corner. <laughs> uh, fall away slam, but Corbin manages to send Moss shoulder first into the ring post, and they brawl at ringside, and Corbin knocks Moss over the barricade with a clothesline to uh, take us to break. When we come back, they're fighting on the apron, and uh, oh, my God. The deep six does things to me. Mm-hmm. He catches Moss with it out of nowhere. Uh, why do I love that? <laughs> like, it's like 
there's a very select few things that I just leap at every time that it happens. I go, oh, yeah, like that. It was like the mad Darby Allen dive through the ropes, mainly because I think, thank God that's not me either receiving it or doing yeah. it. And then there's like deep six. There's not Oh, Andrade's back elbow. Mm. I mean, yeah. Just something that completely takes you out. Every of time. Yeah. Every Disarming. time. Yeah. yeah, love it. Uh, and, and when they put the wands in the air with the bloodline, of course. Can't that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what are we doing? Uh, Corbin <laughs> fights back. Um, uh, sorry, hits him with a deep six. That gets him a near fall. Hits a choke slam for a near fall. They brawl around ringside. Uh, Moss sends Corbin to the announce table and they tease an account out win. And I was like, don't do this. Mm. But instead, Corbin dives back in only to be immediately get hit with a punchline. And Moss drinks in the atmosphere, drinks in the moment, hits him with a second punchline. One, two, three. Madcap Moss gets the last laugh. And indeed, he does, because he then laughs on the microphone afterwards. I'm just glad this is over, basically. And maybe the reason why I like this so much is what's about to come in a second. But first, your thoughts on the match. The match was, yet again, um, good, but too basic for a blood feud finale, which we thought was the case at Hell in a Cell. Um, They have tried to kill each other. Yeah, and yet we just find ourselves... I know you're like, oh, he's pilmanizing. No, if someone tried to wrap a chair around my throat and stamp on it, I'd think, oh, they're trying to crush my windpipe and kill me. Yeah, like, and, and that's been two ways as well. Corbin tried to put yeah. Madcap Moss out forever. It's just, you, you do all that stuff and then you find time for the headlock or the hold and I'm going to wear him down. It's like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. I just get to the point. And it's, it did, ultimately, I guess. They will, this was one of them things that was wrestling more than it was real. You know when Sean Spears uh, beat Big Demo? And it was like, ah, he's ready for the giant oh, yeah. challenge of Wardlow. It's not, no, you, like wrestling decides it goes that way, but none of us are actually perceiving Sean Spears to have any threat like to Wardlow whatsoever. This is a bit like that. Like the commentators will now tell you, presumably, right, Madcap Moss is maybe going to get into money in the bank. It feels like the with no obvious Ooh, feud now, yeah. but a big win, big win of a big program. And obviously Corbin's not going to go in. Feels like Moss is going to get a Who spot. Have they right? got so far. Let's have a let's have a wee look. Well, we've got Sammy and. Nakamura. Don't, don't, don't give me, I I don't want to think about it or talk about it. We're going to name two more on this very episode. Um, Seth Freakin' Rollins is the, uh, uh, right now in this part of the review, Seth Freakin' Rollins is qualified. So there is space for Moss, right? And I feel like after a big win in a feud, that makes sense for him to be slotted in. But has this program really felt like it's elevated him? I'm not so sure. And worse, because WWE tried to be economical here with what they set up after the fact, I'd never think it's a particularly great look where the winner doesn't come out as the headline story of a feud. Mm. Like you have said, you know, Hamlet, I quite like this. And we're going to get on to why that is. And it wasn't really to do with the supposed elevation of Madcap Moss, was it? No. So This I, match will not live long in the memory. Ex- indeed. I, ju- I don't know. Wiki thinks there's eight people per match, by the way. Okay. Wikipedia. Maybe there will be, you know. I, I just, Someone's not been paying attention to the graphic. I know, we've counted the silhouettes, Wiki. Come on. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I think they will tell you that this was... Elevation, and I think some people will want to believe it. And I like Madcap Moss, but I, I don't know. I'm not feeling it myself. Well, I think the reason why I liked it is what came before, i.e., me going, that's why they're doing the match because mm-hmm. he's a hometown. He got a hometown win. And that was nice. Like, that was, we yeah. give him enough grief when they don't do it. So I'm glad they did a nice thing. And uh, and afterwards, oh, in the midst of all this, uh, the Street Profits did that thing, which is hugely popular, but they just sort of go, just in case you don't know, here's everything that's going on. Yeah. They hyped up the main event. Picked Riddle to win. They want to win the tag titles. They're going after the Usos. Good for them. I'm glad. 
I am. Am I glad they've not turned heel? I don't know. I just I'm glad they I'm glad they're doing something with the street comics. <laughs> I'll just say that. So anyway, yeah, we we you think that the Mad Cat Moss Happy Corbin stuff's ended, and it has that mm. stuff. But Corbin's still knocking around at ringside whilst Cole and McAfee are doing a very good professional job of talking about the show, and Corbin fires up and starts having a go at Pat McAfee for all being for all his negative comments, making a joke about him when he was in his bomb ass Corbin phase, and <laughs> you know criticising him and mocking his talk show and saying that you don't deserve Pyro McAfee. You be, better be careful. Watch your mouth, Pat. I'll drag you in the ring and kick the crap out of you. And McAfee, because he's a bloody legend, says, I'm not having this, grabs the mic, takes the piss out of Corbin, does that, gets a little bum-ass Corbin chant going, and, uh, and then he gets... I, only McAfee can pull it off because he said, I want to get this whole crowd to laugh at you. And I was like, uh-oh, what's happening here? Mm. We've already had someone on the mic just going, ha, 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 And, you know, like, I just thought, oh, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And then McAfee just, ha, 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 you bitch or whatever. <laughs> like, you're, you're a dumbass. You suck. And everyone was like, ha, ha, he's right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it was a, felt a bit like flashbacks to being in school and bullying and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, 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 WWE. it's WWE, so it comes with the territory. Um, and uh, Corbin leaves as he's, he's getting laughed out of the arena. Uh, and out come the New Day. And even even they can make bullying sort of like, oh, is this okay? Because yeah. Xavier Woods and Kofi's doing it. So. <laughs> oh, my God, we're getting another Pat McAfee match at SummerSlam. I think we are. It's so... I don't think this will be bad. But, like, it's so WWE, isn't it, to be like, uh, McAfee, big... Uh, I oh, really like what he did with Adam Cole in NXT. We're going to give him a big shot on WrestleMania, and he wants this. And he's like really generated some um, response from our fans, like in a, quite an evocative way. Like we think he's like not one for the future as such, because yeah. he's probably never going to be a full time at Pat McAfee. But he's got such star quality and this like unmistakable aura as a big time guy that we can fairly quickly, like through a series of a few pay per view matches, progress him up the ranks. Right, their way of doing this, it could not be more WWE. Right, so you book him in this match at WrestleMania where you do like the bell, bells and whistles job, but it's effective, right? Mm-hmm. It does actually work, um, and he wins. And so, like WWE, go, well, what next? Well, obviously he's got to lose to Vincent Mann and then fight Baron Corbin. <laughs> Beg pardon? Yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. Like septuagenarian guy pins him, and then he like fights the mid card gatekeeper that everybody fights. Well, wasn't well, that like? Diffuse all the heat. So no, diffuse heat. Don't mean pop petrol on it. Actually, thing is, I'm kind of team WWE here. Well, I just it's just because I said at the time, I don't, I don't, I know I should, and I know I'm WWE and WWE smooth brained here. But like the Vince McMahon loss was wiped from my memory, mainly because not even of Stone Cold, just the badness of that stunner. The stunner, yeah. And I was like, cool, that match didn't happen. So in my eyes, he's one and zero on the main he roster. He can't even do an Undertaker streak, can he? He's one and one at WrestleMania already. Yeah, that's not Vince Vincent Man is the one in one and one. That's not proper. It <laughs> and then I was like Corbin. I was like, good. Corbin's a big lad, and McAfee can do a mad moonsault or something with him. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of okay with all of this. I, I think this could feel really. Big I'm time. like theory, <laughs> theory. Corbin reigns. That's me. Like I said it. I called it, it on the news this morning. I think they're going to do that. Is the league table Pat system? McAfee fighting for the world title. This isn't Dennis Rodman. <laughs> but, like, is that like the Premier League push? Is you get Vince and then you, you lose to Vince, but then you get Corbin, you get Corbin, that's how you get your record back on track. It's like the championship version of that, like what Brom Breaker's had to do with Dolph Ziggler. 
Well, I was thinking you might, I might be good to give give him Dolph Ziggler as well. <laughs> Dolph I mean. Ziggler bumping around for Pat McAfee would be a load of fun. There is a run of people that they believe. Well, you get through them and you cross that. It's like it's watching like a Mario level going boop, boop, jumping over various. Like, like, you can't tell me if they said it's Dolph Ziggler. Flattening various goomba heads of the Dolph Ziggler versus Pat McAfee. But, oh, bloody hell, bloody, what's his name? Rude's getting involved. Yeah. If only Pat McAfee had some famous American footballer friends. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, Gronk comes back or, I don't is know. He, is Pat McAfee going to lead a Survivor Series team? Is he going to lead Team SmackDown? Oh, please. Battle for brands. Well, he can't be Team SmackDown because all the brands don't mean anything. <laughs> team McAfee. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Team McAfee versus Team Graves. SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be a complete... Maybe faces I'm pitching out an entire shutout for that one, by yeah. the way. We're all just coming to work in blue T-shirts. Hey, remember when uh, Edge and uh, Hulk Hogan won the tag titles? They inexplicably decided to remind us of this on SmackDown. Well, it's because WWE is a symbol of Americana. Yeah. Uh, and then we got... Uh, the New Day come out for their match, but, you know, they can just stand out in the ring for <laughs> uh, Because it's time for a recap of Natalia attacking Ronda Rousey, and then Mega Morant interviews her, and she talks about... She bragged about attacking her... Uh, she said she's going to prove the sharpshooter is more dangerous than the armbar. Uh, Ronda might have found a little success with her armbar, uh, Natalia said. But my sharpshooter, it humbles people. Uh, and I'm going to get another first in my career when I make Ronda Rousey tap out. I bet she doesn't. No. I mean, it's all right, functional stuff. But, like, this is the Rousey Smackdown problem. Nobody is buying anything that this brand is selling in terms of it being a threat to Ronda Rousey. Rousey... If only I'd like a former partner of hers who's uh, trained in MMA as well in uh, Kabir. Well, I, yeah. Um, if, if if only they had more than one star as well. Like, the star. And, like, I love Shayna Baszler, but, like, in their eyes, she's not perceived as a star either. Well, we'll see. She's in action a little bit later on. She's got a qualifier. Yeah. I I've got uh, high, high hopes. I got my fingers crossed uh, for Shayna Baszler. Was <laughs> she against? Oh, the new favorite, Raquel Rodriguez. Okay, we'll see. What can possibly go wrong? No, this was you know, this wasn't bad. I, like, I'd be unfair. Well, to it was unfair to criticize Rousey Natalia, but she's not winning the bail, is she? No. You said you got like your one percent of doubt in the main event. Like, will they get that from you? In- not with the way she puts a shot. <laughs> Jesus. She can submit you. <laughs> no offence, mate. Well, no, like offence taken. Have you seen my calves? Yeah, fair like, point. I'll, I'll just power out. That is the that is the calves of a man who can power out of a sharpshooter and loves to dance as well. Jinder <laughs> uh, Mahal and Shanky came out to face the New Day. And I love this. In my notes, it just reads, Mahal told Shanky to stop dancing. <laughs> Take this seriously, guys. So Mahal takes takes control. Woods hits a springboard drop kick. Mahal gets isolated. He breaks free. He tags in the seven-footer Shanky who, fair play to him, they sold this on commentary as well, but the way they sold it made me think, oh, was that the best thing ever? They really went for it. Yeah. He hit a chop and a clothesline, and they sold, Kofi sold for it brilliantly, obviously, and commentary made it sound like, well, he's dead, mm-hmm. that's that. Uh, and he dominates uh, off the back of that, beals uh, Kingston across the across the ring. He's got the match won, but then the music hits him. Woods gets on the trombone, <laughs> starts playing a tune. Shanky's like... Sorry, Jinder, mate. I know we're meant to be having a professional wrestling match, but I can't control myself. I just love to dance. <laughs> just love it. Starts dancing. Mahal's like, get over here. Tags himself in. Yells at Shanky. Turns around. Trouble in paradise. One, two, three. Shanky's not too disappointed to leave the match. lose the match because he dances afterwards anyway. I'm so glad this is the first, is this the first time you got to see this in person. Oh, my God. And, like, it's not just... Like, he... 
it's not just at work, which is, this is currently affecting his job. Like, if you've got an ailment that may affect you in your workplace, yes, I cannot stop dancing. Yeah. Like, this, the implication here was that, like, backstage, cannot stop dancing. Like, on the way to the town, he's in the car. He's like, dancing. He's like, I need to get out of the car. Friday, like, there. Yeah, yeah. Said, it's like, I need a comfort break. And no, I just need to get out of the car and stretch my legs. Why? For dancing. <laughs> like, blaming on the good times. Blame it on the shanky. Like that, he, he just he just cannot control his feet, right? The, he, he's the dancing priest in Father Ted when he just rings up and he's just dancing. And Ted, like in order to engage in conversation with him, just has to start dancing with him. Like there, I, I kind of, I, I was sort of with Jinder a little bit. It's like, <laughs> Jinder was like, that's a leap they've made you make. Jinder was trying to do that thing, like sort of, Look, I'm having a good time as much as the next man. We are at work. We are fighting former tag team champions, the New Day. We are at work. Like, I just... He danced so much that it actively impacted what he was there to do. Nothing left for me to do but <laughs> dance. <laughs> or wrestle. You know, he could wrestle. Got Shanky on my team tonight. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> like... He just... there. Shanky's dancing. What? Well, you know when... <laughs> like... It's pretty offensive. Mm. I was I was going to say it was of its time, but it wasn't. It was of twenty years ago when Gallows was Festus, and you ring the bell, and off he goes. And they, like, it is as if like there is a bell that you can ring that will stop Shanky dancing, but somebody's lost it. Yeah. So they rang the bell, and then Shanky was like, "Hey, we're dancing." And this is like six months ago, and like somebody threw the bell in the sea, and now Shanky's just going to dance forever and ever. Like, at what point does like this change? I mean, not before the rumble, if you're fan booking this. Shanky comes in, dominates, he's batted everyone, and someone else comes in, I don't know, no way Jose. Yeah. And he's like, music, starts dancing, and gets eliminated. That's how you get a seven-footer over the top rope right there. Wow, you've got it. It's not going to be no way Jose. But remember, they're all rumble 2000 when Rikishi stopped for the dance break and then eliminated both members of yes. Too Cool. Like, Rikishi goes face-to-face with him. Shanky's got a pair of glasses in his pocket, puts them on, they do their... Oh, if everybody does a dance. If he gets Scotty too high in the One shot deal for Scotty, doing the worm and all that. And then Rikishi just repeats the spot, eliminates Shanky, and you're right, that's it. It's like, wait a minute, is music not working for my career? Any teams with Kid Rock at WrestleMania? That's not true. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about this match? Zilch. Happy for the new day to get a win. Yeah. Um, big new uh, tag team coming next week. There's a video package for, let me get this right, the Viking Raiders? Right. Oh, hello. Right. We need to jump to elsewhere in this review, but all will become clear in just a second because I've saved this for this recording. We haven't discussed this over the desks as we sometimes would. Yes. So I want to put we over... this earlier in the office. I want to put over John Pollock, um, just generally. No I mean, bollocks, just Pollock. I think he's amazing. We, uh, I might have touched a little bit on the rest of the media earlier on. Mm. Like, go John Pollock, mm. if you don't go to whatculture.com, or indeed go to both. Mm. He's one of the greats of One this. wrestling news that's not fishy, go to Pollock. All there you, go, there well. you go, John. You can have that for free, man. You can put that, put that on the post wrestling banner. Hang on. Post Wait a second. There you go. <laughs> Great podcast. What's what's the what's the bit you do? Part of the wrestling podcast? It's one of the best podcasts out there that's not ours. Like, that's actually a shoot in this case when it yeah. comes to post wrestling. John Pollock, bastion of uh, wrestling news media, if such a thing can be true. And also an elite tier fantasy booker. Mm-hmm. Right? You are not ready for this jelly. Now, I've seen you ready for a lot of jelly, but you are not ready for this jelly. So the Viking Raiders, right? Coming, we've kind of mocked it, haven't we? Like sort of the Viking Raiders are coming to SmackDown. It's like they've, weren't they already there? We can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Like they've got this gimmick. It's going nowhere. The whole thing's going nowhere. 
on this show later on, so I'm spoiling a bit we're going to have to review. Who was it that promised handsome faces and hard bodies? Oh, yes. Max Dupree. What if his clients are not face, but are in fact the Viking Raiders? One of them is very sexy. Right. One of them's already very sexy, like dolled up as models. Max Dupree has got his hands on the Viking Raiders. And when he's like, handsome guys, hard bodies, right? Yes. This is genius. They've nailed it. Like, it was on, it was, I think, I don't, it was just on Pollock and Waiting. I think it was on their Smackdown review, maybe. But, it, like, or it was, I, f- I forget where. I do apologize if it was just a tweet. And I just, I was like, yes, that is it. That is the answer. Yes. Because that is just, like, it, we've obviously seen Face in the, the kind of like the pilot idea for the gimmick, right? But, like, and they can still do that as well. You yeah, can actually yeah. get to that. But... Not only is that a bit funny and a bit cute that these ex-Vikings are now male models. It's very WWE. Mm-hmm. Like, put them in suits. Have them look like they've just come off the catwalks of Milan. But, like, they're also good and dangerous. How long does it take to get a hair transplant? I, I don't know. We'd have to sort of see if we knew anybody that had one. <laughs> um, just, like, imagine them coming out and wrecking dudes and actually lending credibility to maximum male models. Yes! But with a complete... Like, and a much-needed, let's be honest, like, fresh coat of paint. Yeah, I agree. I love it. We've seen clips of them in the pandemic wrestling as the Viking Raiders, and the gimmick was feeling a little bit tired then, wasn't it? Yeah. two years on. I think this is... I mean... Because Max Dupree does what he does. Max Dupree wasn't happy with the lighting later, and he said Pierce had failed to titillate the people. Like, the Viking... One of the Viking Raiders has titillated the people in the past. Yeah. I mean... Great work, John Pollock. Uh, right, then we got uh, the Money in the Bank segment to find out who's heading there out of Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Um, Butch was being put on a tight leash by Ridge Holland before Sheamus <laughs> made his entrance. Drew was already out. Give him on the lead. Um, anyway, I wish po- more people would do that, by the way. Keep the dogs on the lead. Yeah. I'm a bit scared of dogs. Me and dogs ain't mates. And when people think that like their best mate is your best mate too, mm. I get very nervous, and <laughs> it's really particularly stressful when I'm out with my kids, and I'm supposed to be there on guard. One of my one of my sons is a little bit funny with dogs as well. I think he's yeah. I'm trying to get it out of them. He's inherited it from me, and like I have to sort of like stand in the way of that situation. <laughs> and I am petrified. I kind of want to get my other young. Well, I, I kind of want to get my other young son to be like, uh, can you can you deal with this, please, kid? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. So uh, put, postman, dog, put your put your Pete Duns on leads, people. <laughs> postman Beer said, uh, pick up the shit while I'm at it as well. <laughs> like this is. A tale as old as time, isn't it? Yeah. Just <laughs> pick it up. Yeah, I don't know what. It's not, it's, it comes with the territory. I've done that this weekend. You know, I like people having like nice weather in the sun. You might like, if you're in the UK, apologies to the US listeners or anybody else for that matter. There was a heat wave this week in the UK. Oh, I like it warm. Do you know what I've done? I like it warm and all that warm. With two of the later sunnier evenings this week, post bedtime, I have sat in the garden and had to try and fish shit out of the ridges of my children's shoes oh, on like shoes twig. on trainers with a twig. Yeah. Pick it up. Yeah. Anyway, Postman Pierce noted Sorry. that McIntyre and Seamus both failed to qualify, but both said that do, they deserve to be in the match. Do they pick up Pete Dunn's waist? <laughs> Probably. I know he got a little bag in Rich there. Rich has yeah. his bag in his gloves. Um, got treats with it as well, though. <laughs> um, and he starts running through money in the bank, starts talking about statistics, and Drew's like, shut up. Nobody cares about bloody statistics. Went loss records. Yeah. He wants to spot in the ladder match. 
Seamus said, I should have a spot in the ladder match. I'm the only one who's got, like, success cashing in the briefcase. Meanwhile, you got cashed in on Drew. Uh, and I thought, when did that? Oh, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pierce said, like, I've spoken to management, and I'm, I can now reveal that the one in the ladder match is Seamus. And Seamus celebrates, and he gloats at McIntyre, and McIntyre's furious, and he attacks Seamus. And before he can properly beat him down around ringside, Postman Pierce says, you didn't let me finish. The other person in the ladder match is you, Drew. And Drew's like, Jagpart takes his shirt off and then Claymore's Seamus to end the segment. What was this? What was this? It was quite, I quite, it was quite, quite a laugh. You didn't let me finish. I did. You finished. <laughs> like you said one person was going to Or you be... didn't say, whoa, 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 in the midst yeah. of a brawl breaking out. A bit of a pot stirrer, old Postman Pierce. I like here. it. Wanted a bit of Aggie between the two for an outcome that to me personally was the least satisfying of all of the outcomes. We gave, on the preview, WWE a pass to do their WWE thing and have another go at this. Yeah. Like, are you going to, like, drag it out for three weeks on television? Like, you're going to find your excuses to have... You, in particular, were like, I actually even like the non-finish because it had me thirsting yeah, for more. Yeah, yeah, And like, thirsting for more, are you? Yoik, off that goes. Put them both in. Give it both to the end of the season. But the, the thing is... He, like, Postman Pierce calls this fight. If I was Seamus, I'd be setting my dog on him. <laughs> well, that's maybe the threat. That's the reason why he did it. Postman versus Drew's going to decapitate him, he's going to set his dog on him. So, yeah. but all that really matters for me is I'm like, oh, two more people in that ladder match who can take each other out. Cool. So that's that taken care of. Seth Rollins ain't winning. He's a baddie. That's that taken care of. I'm like, wow, these uh, these numbers are thinning out a little bit in terms of potential winners. Do you know what be quite funny as well? At Money in the Bank, Sheamus comes out and he's got Butch with him. Like obviously, because in a ladder matches, all those bodies having somebody to run interference fees is ideal, isn't it? Mm. And then Drew comes out with uh, with his sword and he stabs it in the ground, and the pyro goes off, and Butch just flees, <laughs> just goes off and hides somewhere. I thought you were going to say Butch pisses against every ladder tomorrow. That as well, but like runs away and hides away from the fireworks somewhere because he just he cannot bear them. Yeah, and then that's like that, he's neutralised. He's actually the sword has actually proven useful for once. He brings the, brings the sword out, turns it sideways. That little bit that you know that I don't know what it's called. This. It stops the it goes from sword to handle. Yeah, there's a bit there. Uh, it's got a little uh, whistle on it, but no one it goes. <laughs> but just going mental. You know how the sword can't be used on people because that would be murder. Um, right. What if Careful. Gimm- what if they gimmick up a ladder and then he starts hacking the ladder like somebody's halfway up and then he just starts hacking the ladder down and it gets lower and lower and lower <laughs> and lower and they're still on the top rung, but at this point they're just like Drew's height. Yeah. Well, speaking of the ladder match, Sami Zayn was backstage. We found out later on in the night he's going to face Nakamura mm-hmm. on Friday. I will be crushed if he loses. Especially, I love him, by the way. This is just my perception of how WWE sees him. If he gets eliminated by Nakamura, of all people. Nakamura outsmarted him in their match recently, didn't he? Do you remember? It was that whole count-out thing, and then they got him back in the ring. And But he can't. he's not going to win the briefcase, is he? Well... At least I believe if Sami Zayn's in there, I'm like, there's a reason for him to win that briefcase. What do we do as an institution if Sami Zayn doesn't enter this match? Because you've never got a prediction wrong. Exactly. So where do we go from here? Mm. Anyway, he's about to go and see Roman Reigns after a slight issue of, you know, giving giving, uh, Riddle a title match off the back of last week's events. Ghost knock. Hey, Kayla! Sneaks up on him, uh, and she says, oh, do you think you're in any trouble, any ill will from the, the bloodline? He's like, I'm an honorary use. So, 
Uh, but actually, before I go in, I'm just going to nip to the loo. Yeah. He just wanders off. Very good stuff, this. Uh, then we got a Money in the Bank qualifying match. It was Shayna Baszler versus Raquel Rodriguez. Um, little inset promo. She promised to uh, win Money in the Bank uh, after coming so close to winning the w- women's title just the other week, of course. Baszler guaranteed to ruin Rodriguez's dreams. Lacey Evans was boring on commentary. Um <laughs> Basil gets it was it wasn't great, was it? Let's be honest. It's funny, that's just funny. Shayna Basil what threatened to ruin her dreams. Like Lacey Evans was dull. It's she just like such a set of circumstances that really theoretically know. should conspire to be something entertaining and it wasn't. Well, she just doesn't really know. It's not her fault again. She just doesn't really know what her character is. Yeah, who is who is she at the moment? What? Like when she was the baddie, she was great. She was yeah. all like your nasties and blah blah blah. And now she's like, ah, oh, I've had gone through this incredible trauma, but I also want to be quite confident and arrogant that I'm gonna win money in the bank. And yeah. No, all over the place. Anyway, uh, Rodriguez sends Baszler into the corner, whips her into the turnbuckle, but Baszler fights back and goes for Rodriguez's leg. That was kind of the story of the match. Um, I did like the bit where they were like, and in the back next week, uh, watching this, two people are going to be fighting, and they just stood next to each other watching the telly in a Lear and Shotzi, and they just sort of glance a little bit. Strange locker room, that women's locker room, isn't it? (laughs) When they're all getting locked in the room together. Emphasis on lock, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Rodriguez fights back. Goes for a power slam, but her leg gave out. Uh, Baszler hit her running knee. That got her a two count. She goes for the Kirafuda clutch, uh, but Roger, Raquel Rodriguez powers out of that and hits that Tejana. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. The big, bo- the big the, bomb of yeah. hers uh, to get the one, two, three. Raquel Rodriguez, rather unsurprisingly, despite my hopes for Shayna Baszler, qualifies for money in the bank. Yeah, she's SmackDown's big prospect. I think that, you know, like Raquel Rodriguez, as cheesy as some of it is based on the grin they're forcing her slap on at every single waking moment. Like, I'd, I think she's far from a failed prospect at the moment. Yeah, the, the, absolutely. The, the she's going a big, big spot where she throws someone through a ladder, I reckon, at the pape. Yeah, she could win. She won't. She, mm. she, no, she won't. She, she probably won't, but I think she'll be positioned as one of the favourites, and I think for a second... She'll definitely get hands on a briefcase, even if she's then knocked off the ladder. Yeah. I think she, that's kind of like where she's at. I agree. You know, I, I, I don't think they're doing a terrible job with her. I just, I'm yet to see how that sort of... I don't know how anybody really breaks away from that chasing pack on SmackDown. The there moment. was a bit of me that was like... Why is one of Shotzi and Aaliyah getting into this match? Shayna Baszler isn't. And then I was like, wait a second, checks notes. Shotzi could be in this match. Well, she's bonkers. Oh, oh she's WWE's man, yeah. Darby Allen almost. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, I'll just take that mad bump. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm kind of up for that. I guarantee she's. Well, I'll save that for the Cut review. to next week's review. So, Shinsuke and Aaliyah are in the <laughs> match. Anyway. Oh, there won't be one next week. How come? For Bindle. Oh, yes. We'll work some out. Well, we'll it could up. be, but it's not going to be my problem. Um, <laughs> and then we got the Max Dupree stuff, and we got a recap of Gunther defeating Ricochet. And just once again, it's been all over social media this weekend, especially because he posted a new oh my god photo. Oh my god. Gunther is in incredible shape now. Fair play to the man. Like it's, we may talk about how kind of, and I think this is a shared sentiment of a lot of people, by the way, that like strictly as a performer, you kind of miss Walter. Oh yeah, the man, the man mountain of Walter. But like, it, it, just in terms of a guy that. Fancied getting himself into unbelievable nick. Like, well done. And Ludwig Kaiser, to be fair to Yeah, him. yeah. Done it as well. Awesome. Less, I mean, less of a hill to climb for me. But strange when you Walter, because, like, when you've got his facial features, you're already at such an advantage over yeah. everybody else as it is. So then to get that body too. Oh, my God. 
So uh, Kayla tries to interview Gunther. Ludwig Kaiser takes over and talks about the heritage of the title. <laughs> First IC champ was French, Canadian, and no American is going to disgrace the title again. And I'm not sure if this was the point or later on that they confirmed that it was going to be a rematch for the title next week. Good. That's exactly what I said they should do. Do you know what, right? I, like, I know that a lot of this is, is pretty dated. Like, Walter slash Gunther, uh, newsflash, isn't American. Mm. Right, and he can give, and he can give, uh, but it shouldn't matter in 2022 that a wrestler isn't American and that he hates all these puny American challenges. Mm. But like the last time I remember them leaning really hard into this was like Rusev's first run mm. when he was undefeated Worked for ages. So well, it really did like that. He comes out on a tank at WrestleMania, flanked by all those guards to fight John Cena because they've spent a year with him just like threatening to crush American losers and it's just like you know if people are still gonna bite yeah like whatever at least now you would like to think that the the xenophobic tones to all of this are very like tongue-in-cheek and more played for wrestling's pantomime than they are actual hatred from the stands i would like to think so like part of a show more than any sort of it's not summoning it's not aiming to summon real feelings or create genuine division between communities it's just something fun on the wrestling show and i think it will go well for him i'd have him hold it for a year and as part of that if you're not going to put the title uh, a title on him or or put him in a position or maybe you can do you can have both wrestlemania 39 los angeles gunther comes out and says I have beaten all your American heroes. Who is left? Who can possibly challenge me? Maccabee takes his head off. My tits would be out of the SoFi Stadium, is it? I think it's SoFi Stadium. And I will be there. He tears his One way or another, I'm going, baby. tears his tearaways. He's got, like, American flag pants on underneath. Uh-huh. I love you calling your WrestleMania shot this early, by the way. Well, I'm just manifesting. Yeah. It's not Please. even just through work, is it? You're Please. Just... Oh, honestly. <laughs> so, like, guys, I think other people should go out be like, yeah, good, good point. Uh, also, I'm going to need those two weeks off. Bye-bye. I'm, uh, can you get one? Where are we going for this year on holiday, love? Good news, Los Angeles. Bad news, we're going to all the fucking wrestling shows. <laughs> You're going to go to two-night, five-hour wrestling shows. Good news, you'll get to meet Wale. So, there you go. <laughs> There's the Hollywood sign over there. Anyway, my bit of the trip. <laughs> got your picture? I can't see it. The clouds are there. It doesn't matter. Time for four days of wrestling. I've got your postcard. Here you go. <laughs> uh, right, uh, where are we? So, yes, uh, really like that stuff with Gunther. Now it's time for the main event, the uh, undisputed world title, whatever the bloody corn. It was on the line, of course. Roman Reigns versus Riddle. If Riddle loses, he can never challenge Reigns for the title again. Uh, no messing about. Big fight feel mm-hmm. here. Uh, Riddle attacks Reigns at the bell. Bell goes after him, kicks in the corner. Reigns hits him with a f- uh, right hand. Riddle recovers, though. Fisherman suplex, floating bro to the floor. Uh, that takes us to a break. When we come back, Reigns hits Riddle with a huge right hand to regain control. Forearm shots. He chokes Riddle on the bottom rope. Hits a drive-by. I've not seen a drive-by from mm. Roman for a while. Not seen I like anything from Roman dri- for a while. That's the point. I like a, <laughs> like heel, I like a heel drive-by. Yeah. Um, Reigns puts him in a chin lock, but Riddle breaks out of it. They trade shots. Uh, Riddle fires up, hits a running forearm in the corner. Suplex goes for the bro Tom, but Reigns gets his knees up. He hits a rock bottom mm-hmm. to take over. Uh, gives Riddle a back suplex on the announce table and then cuts a promo down the lens toward... Oh, my God, I was rock hard at this point. 
Uh, Mox Orton's back injury says, I'll see you when you eventually come back. Takes us to another break. When we come back, Reigns is posing over Riddle's body and the crowd are booing him out of the stadium. Riddle blocks the Superman punch, though, hits him with a jumping knee instead. Power slam sets up for the draping DDT, but Reigns fights out of it. Riddle then hits Reigns with a back suplex on the announced table, and we get a Mandy chant. <laughs> back in the ring, Riddle hits the draping DDT. He sets up for the RKO. The crowd are at fever pitch at this point. Reigns dodges it, though, hits a Superman punch, and you think, oh, well, that's that then. Great near fall. Mm -hmm. Reigns goes for the spear. Riddle hits an RK out of nowhere. And as I said, I went, oh, I guess all of the plans of the last two years have <laughs> gone out the window then. Because Riddle's world champion on a SmackDown? Because everyone's watching because of all the shenanigans? One, two, 2.9. Oh, it was such a good kick yeah. out. It's been shared all over social media this weekend. An incredible near fall for Riddle. Uh, he hits a floating bro, goes to the RKO again, but Reigns pushes him off, um, leaps off the second rope, uh, does Riddle, straight into a huge spear, cuts Riddle in half, picture perfect. One, two, three, Roman Reigns retains the undisputed title, and the Usos run out and celebrate with him. I thought this was brilliant for a main event. Yeah, I sometimes feel, remember, was it for the... Um Super Bowl in 2021, when like the weekend did that bit with went really viral, where it was just like lost in a maze, running through a house, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I sometimes feel like that, and like the only thing I'm looking for is a WWE success story, and like I actually found one because this was the not only did this sort of pay off what we'd been asked to invest in, and I think did in terms of like across across all the shows dating back a couple of months, riddles. Trials and tribulations with the bloodline, this being the natural sort of end thing, the end of everything, the natural destination for Riddle and this kind of, this do or die match that he kind of, it could only be this one time. And as you say, I think that, that's super, like that stipulation and indeed the way the match played out superbly informed that near four because them, I think I mentioned this on a Raw review recently, but them being able to realise that like all of Randy Orton's big moves in a hot tag scenario are class. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on the shelf and it's like, we could just give them a riddle now. So them have, so Riddle having all of his finishes and all of his signature moves and Randy Orton's as well, so beneficial to his matches. Uh, Roman Reigns doing that particular like gut-wrench flip that Randy does to people on tables just to be at the end going stare down the lens <laughs> was amazing. Like absolutely, that is such a difference in how you build heat in a, like what was effectively a blood feud mm -hmm. versus... You know, not to pick on them, but Corbin and Moss grabbing holes. Yes. Right? There was real theatre to this. There was real spectacle to the way Roman wanted to beat up Matt Riddle beyond just defending his title. Yeah, yeah, yeah He wanted yeah. to put him in his he wanted to put him back in his box. He wanted to like make Randy Orton feel as small as he possibly could on the off chance that he came back at any point to try and be a threat to him as the head of the table, all that kind of thing. Like Roman was playing such a cool, coy, like ego game here with Riddle. And it just fed so brilliantly in the match because then as soon as you enter this home straight where Riddle has got so many weapons in his arsenal, like Roman is made a mug for mm. daring to underestimate him in the way that he did. And I just loved how they played with the drama of that. You knew that these two could get physical and you knew. Like, I'm critical of the Roman Reigns run and there's a lot to that. But one thing I've never been critical of is like when he actually turns it on in a big match. And this is a big problem with what we're about to talk about next. When he turns it on in a big match, and it's not just sharing Superman punches and sharing spears, it's the good stuff, man. Yeah. It's the reason why like, you would back Roman 
It's the reason why all them years ago when everybody's booing, you're like, no, but I get it though. Mm. I get why you've picked him and I get why you, even if it's not working, I get why you desperately want it to because there is tons of evidence to suggest that he's the guy. He's the all-around guy. Um, It's just that for so many reasons, the timing has never hit right, including the one we're in right now. (laughs) The timing has never, ever worked for Roman to just be the guy, capital T, capital G. Because when these matches bang, my word do they bang. I love this. I love the bones of this. Mm. Nothing, nothing about this show was going to bring my mood down. After the match, Reigns grabs the mic, says there's no one left. He said, two years ago, I said, I'd come in, wreck everyone and leave. And that's what I've just done. I've wrecked Riddle. Now we're leaving. Oh, actually, one more thing. Minnesota, acknowledge me. And I was like, God, yes. Your finger going, ping. Yeah. Huge booze. He poses with the bloodline. They go to leave. And Brock Lesnar's music hits. Yep, again. He comes out. They're selling it on commentary. Reigns tells the Usos to leave the ring, gets rid of Heyman and all that. Lesnar comes down. He's got his black cowboy hat on. He looks Mm -hmm. even bigger somehow. And there's a face-off. And Lesnar smiles and offers him a handshake. And Reigns takes a second, goes to shake his hand. Then Lesnar pulls him in to an F5. The Usos come in. They get a crap kicked out of them. They both get F5s as well. And Lesnar stands tall because there is someone left. It's someone he's fought loads. And they're going to fight on SummerSlam, presumably. I think in a last man standing match. Oh, God almighty. Those words, last man standing. We know who the last man standing was. It was Roman. You told us at WrestleMania. He told us in the promo after this match. Well, guess that's me. There's nobody left. Yep, there is nobody left. <laughs> Brock Lesnar comes out. No, you're part of the nobody that's left. You've been beaten. You can't, you can't well, you can't just do this because they are just doing this. Yeah. Just like, and again, some absolute losers out there this weekend will be telling you, whip, got to, uh, what could WWE have done? I don't know. F***ing booked. <laughs> like, ever. Just, like, look, it's not on Brock. Answer that bat phone, mate. Like, they need you more than you will ever, ever need them. Minnesota was quite, like, yeah. useful. Yeah. The geography certainly was on their side here. Um, and, you know, makes more sense why this match, I will give them that, like, makes more sense why this match was booked for here because if they knew that they were going to put Perhaps go to that well. This was the place to yeah, tap yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, last man standing versus Brock Lesnar. The ruddy-faced cheek of it. Like, do you know what? Right? Why not? Why not have, mm, tap in my head, like a female star on Roman Reigns' level, give her what she wants, put her in the main event of a SummerSlam Stadium pay-per-view that isn't so incredibly patronizing and boring and played out now we'll just let her go instead, shall we? Like, we'll just <laughs> let her go. We'll chase her out the door. Like, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam in a last man standing match. Are you kidding me? Like, who who wants to watch that? Yeah, you know I'm a bit like... Who wants to watch that? Remember them 10 really boring minutes at WrestleMania? How about we double it? And the, ref- and the referee's got to count three times the length of that pinfall. And then some. And the last man standing match, that the last one that Roman was in, was really good until it wasn't. Oh, my God. Like, just pitiful. 
absolutely pitiful, round on them and call them. And ho- I would rather, right, I would rather it was Seth Rollins again. At least he didn't lose yeah. in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And at least he's had this fantastic inform year, right? And you can do Shield. People like the Shield, right? I'm not suggesting that Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins is the stadium match WWE would have wanted. But at least people like the Shield. <laughs> Does anybody like this anymore? And and another thing, right, before we wrap this up, while I'm going puce myself, <laughs> like, the conversation when it's being generous to WWE is like, oh, Cody's been shelled, man. Like, the plan A, like... Randy Orton was going to be a match. All these people that we could have done Cena last year. There's just there's just nobody. Like, well, then, have you not done a good enough job with Roman Reigns? Mm. Like, have you not accelerated anybody to a mid-level so that your top gay Roman Reigns can elevate them and drag... He did it with Jimmy Uso when that character was still hot. He did it with Jey Uso, excuse me, like in that feud. And then yeah, Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Jimmy was brought in as this, like, returning guy, and it was like, now they're going to do it with Jimmy. Jimmy's going to be a star off the back of this because look what happened with Jay. Like, they're going to elevate both Usos at once here because at that time, Roman Reigns was such an over-figure and such a cool figurehead that you could take a chance. Was it Jey Uso in consecutive pay-per-views? Yeah. Jimmy Uso makes his return. You think they're going to run the singles match for him as well. Have they lost faith in that character to such an extent that, like, well, it's not really about the Roman, the guy holding the belts... It's the opponent that matters. It's yeah. the guy that we're bringing back. Like, they don't believe in him. That must be the tacit sort of undertone to all of this, yeah. is that we can't bring one of our mid-carders up to Roman's level well, because you don't believe Roman's on a level. Like, I love Mick Foley. I love Mick Foley, right? WWE knew Steve Austin was a big enough star, star that when Brett was gone in November and then when Sean was leaving after WrestleMania, they could hoy Mick Foley and his dude love gay and get two months out of that. Yeah. Steve Austin is Steve Austin. Yeah. Mick, Foley, Mick Foley can go, and in the meantime, it's Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, nobody particularly wanted The Rock versus Billy Gunn, but he could do it in a kiss my ass match. What the frig is this? Like, what does it say about their belief in Roman Wouldn't Reigns? You surely you've just had... I mean, I know there were all the stipulations, all this, but like halfway through this riddle match, like if someone had said they're going to rerun this back at Wrestle uh, at SummerSlam because uh, Roman's got like three people that can cheat for him. Yeah, <laughs> like Usos and Sami Zayn could cheat for Roman Reigns, and then you create the doubt of like on the night Roman would have lost. Look who we've elevated. Look who we've actually brought up. Riddle's a main event. Complete the elevation. It's almost like main event. No yeah. problem. They're probably going to put the frigging belt on Drew because it's in Wales as it is. It's not like, you know, that like, oh, I hate this match. I hate Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, last man standing. I hate it. Mm, yes. But a newsworthy episode of SmackDown, nonetheless. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that, what you've just said is the true fact. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Sid are going to be reviewing Rampage a little bit later on. Uh, and we'll all be back to look ahead to Monday Night Raw in a few hours' time as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflit. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.